Welcome to the Peak Endurance Podcast, where your host, Isabel Ross, interviews experts and athletes in the field of endurance sports. Isabel Ross is a three-time Australian long-distance mountain running representative at the World Championships with a best finishing place of 10th female. Twice Australian trail champion, she has won the six-foot track marathon, run a sub-three-hour marathon, and won a 24-hour track race overall with a distance of 198.7 kilometers, as well as competing in and winning grueling ultramarathons in rugged, mountainous terrain. Isabel has raced all over the world, including participating in the notorious Barkley Marathons. Isabel is an Australian and USA-accredited endurance coach working with athletes of all levels and is a certified UESCA ultra running coach. She's also a personal trainer and podcast host. Are injuries or niggles ruining your enjoyment of running and hindering your performance? Get on top of these and see the specialists at Health and High Performance. Utilising the latest in technology and with a wealth of experience, the team at Health and High Performance can assist you with all your running, injury and performance needs. So get back to enjoying your running and achieving the results you are capable of. Head to healthhp.com.au forward slash run or find them on Instagram at healthhighperformance. Health and High Performance are located in Montalbert, Melbourne, but are available for telehealth appointments not only Australia-wide, but also around the world. Contact them on their website to find out more. Wild Earth Australia are the online store to help you make the most out of the outdoors with top quality gear at great prices. Peak Endurance podcast listeners can use the discount code PEAKENDURANCE in all capitals to get 10% off at checkout. Head on over to wildearth.com.au to get everything you need for your next adventure. Welcome to the podcast. Episode 99 is another interview with Luke Nelson, chiropractor at Health and High Performance. In this episode, we discuss ITB pain. ITB pain or syndrome tends to be a common new runner's injury, but of course is not only limited to beginner runners. Plenty of experienced runners have to deal with this um, condition as well, especially those of us who love getting out in the hills. In this episode, we discuss how to deal with this very annoying condition. When I was a new runner, I made the classic mistake of upping my mileage too quickly and succumbed to ITB syndrome and was promptly told by my specialist at the time to take six months off running. Luckily, no such advice here. Luke gives you realistic advice. But we always both advocate for seeing a specialist to have the condition diagnosed so you know exactly what you are dealing with. If you enjoy this episode, please go on over to Apple Podcasts to rate, review and subscribe. It really helps grow the audience and helps me get high profile athletes and, um, you know, specialists in the field on the show. So thank you so much for your ongoing support. If you are looking to challenge your limits, you need to have a structured, individualised training program to help you get there. If you want to achieve your best, email me, isabel at peakendurancecoaching.com.au to get a program started. Enjoy this injury special with Luke. Hi, Luke, and welcome back once again to the Peak Endurance Podcast. Thanks, Isabel. Always, always a pleasure to be back and, and talking uh, while we're working our way through and checking off another, uh, another injury today. Yes. Now, the one we're talking about today is actually the very first running injury I ever had when I first started running, and it's ITB pain. 
So it is quite a common one. Yep, and uh, surprisingly, it's actually, well, not surprisingly, it's the first injury I sustained oh, when, I was, when I was running as well. I remember, remember uh, years ago, I was about 11 or 12 years ago now, and, and uh, training for a pumping billy run and thinking, right. uh, yeah, I need to do some hills here. And so yeah. I went and hit the hills and, and uh, ended up being afflicted by this. And now I certainly know better and, and know what to do. And, and uh, it's not an unusual scenario we see actually with, uh, with ITB. So yeah, we're gonna talk about all about ITB pain and, and, uh, and how to manage it. So ITB is, is you know, pretty common. It's one of the, one of the, uh, the top six uh, running injuries there. So we see it in anywhere up to, up to 12% of, of running injuries um, with ITB. Uh, females are unfortunately more susceptible to this um, the same sort of reasons that we spoke about with our runner's knee pain before um, so that can have to do with structure and laxity and strength and there's a there's sort of a number of things that go into uh, going to into that but it is a common one that we see um, it's not just limited to runners so we also do see it in in you know field athletes that require some some running um, but it's also been uh, noted in, in basketball players as well too, oh, okay. um, but also cyclists and rowers. So, so triathletes can be um, susceptible to this because they're, they're copying it in both ways and on both so the run and the So with cycling, would it be because of the seat height? That can certainly have to do with it. Also, pedalling technique can, can oh, be yeah. a, a role to play there. And we'll talk a bit more about from the running perspective, but yeah, certainly from a, mm -hmm. from a riding, riding perspective, it can be um, bike position, uh, and also then technique that's yeah. sort of causing that irritation of that, uh, of that ITB. So it's sort of commonly not just unique to, to runners. Um, the ITB is actually big, and you can see on this, uh, this, this image here, but it's a big structure mm -hmm. that runs all the way down, starting from up at the top of the hip there. Um, and the muscle component of that is called the TFL. And then it's this big tendon-like structure that runs all the way down the outside of the leg there and attaches down into the, uh, into the outside of the, of the knee. So its role is to transfer force uh, when we're running, walking, jumping and hopping. So it's got a, a big role to play there. And when we land, dissipating those forces there. And it's also got a role in, in stopping the, the, the hip from, from buckling inwards. So, you know, if we're looking from here, stopping the hip from, from going in there. So providing a lot of that tensile force on the, the outside, of the, outside of the hip there. So it's a pretty important one. Um, we used to call ITB, we used to call it, I think it was a friction issue, you know, yeah. that the, the ITB was sort of rubbing against the outside of the knee there and, and yeah. causing pain. But we now know it's actually more a compression issue. And uh, uh, and what's then generating the pain is there's like a fat pad that's sort of like a, a bit of a cushioning that's on the outside there. And this compression of the ITB against that fat pad is then what generates the pain. So, so it's not so much a friction issue, it's more, more a compression um, that we, we, we call it. Um, a few interesting facts about the ITB actually is that uh, we're the only humans are the only, only uh, species that that have an ITV okay. uh, and that it's only if we don't have it at birth, it only oh. develops as we, as we, uh, we, we uh, begin to walk. And, uh, that's unusual walk. for a tendon, isn't it? Yeah, well, that's, and, and it, it goes to show that, that it's, its role is to play in bipedal, you know, walking yes. and, and, and running. So that's where it sort of develops once we, uh, once we start to get into those there. So, so yes, it's unique there. And the other thing is it's very strong. So it can actually withstand, you know, if you were to hang 90 kilos off it, um, and, and try and stretch it, 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 it will withstand that, so that sort of force. Wow. So it's extremely, extremely strong. Uh, and that's sort of, you know, without any contractile elements to it, to it there as well. So, so if it's so strong, we must be doing some really... Well, what we're actually doing to it is, is not necessarily, um, we're not overstretching it. And that's one of the mm. things that we'll, we'll talk about there as well. So we're, we're certainly not overstretching the tendon. What we're doing is we're 
we're overloading it and um, and putting that, that irritation, that compression on the, under that, uh, that, that, that back pad there. So that's where the irritation comes there. So it's actually very rare. I've never seen it to actually tear an IT yeah. um, if they're just so strong that things around there will, will fail before, before it does. Um, so it's, yeah, incredibly strong. Uh, and like other sort of tendinopathies, though, they can be prone to, because when we're dealing with, with running, it's, you know, we're talking about very, um, a quick rate of contraction. So it's, you know, impact landing the ground there like this. So it has to, to, to distribute those forces very rapidly. And that's what we find is probably more important for, for ITB is, uh, is, is that how, how quickly things are occurring. We'll also talk a little bit about that, about that as well. Yeah. Um, so what are some of the common symptoms there? It's usually pretty easy to, easy to pick with, with these in terms of, you know, yes, you've got ITB. So it tends to be, people will explain pain around the outside of the knee there. So as you can see on the image here, it's usually just on the, the outside of the outside of the kneecap like this person's fingers are. Um, some of the common things that will aggravate it are obviously running. Uh, and often we find with this injury is that, and we see this a lot, is that, um, uh, that it appears almost like clockwork. Like people will get, you know, to a certain point in the run and then it kicks in. And so it can be like, yeah, you know, I'm okay when I start running, but then once I get to six Ks or eight Ks, then this knee pain starts to go and it just continues to build as so, I go. So it's not the kind of injury, like the certain injuries you can warm up mm. into it. This is almost the opposite. Yeah, exactly. And this, these are one of those ones where they, they tend to really build during a run that you just, yeah. you just physically can't even run anymore. And this is, I mean, this is what yes. happens to me when I experience mine. Yeah, I'm just like, right. I can't even run. Yeah, uh, right. And so, you know, we talk about other injuries, you know, being able to, to run through them and, and certain pain levels, but this is one that you just physically yeah. can't because it just gets to the point where you can't, you can't even run. So they do appear like clockwork. And the reason for that, we think, is that because um, over that period of time, other structures are fatiguing. So you've got muscles that are fatiguing around there. So and it's then, taking more and more load. Exactly right. So the ITB then has got no support and it's just like, well, you know, I give up. <laughs> and, and that's where we get this pain, this pain kicking in. So it is often on the, um, the, 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 the fears at, at a certain point. Uh, we also tend to find that, uh, that, that um, uh, other activities, so things like lunges, um, jumping, stairs, uh, especially mm -hmm. going downstairs. So sort of some of the similar activities actually with the runner's knee we spoke about last yep. time. Uh, and hills as well, especially going down downhill can be quite, uh, and that, that's often where where these can be triggered is that if people have done a lot of hill running, especially especially downhill running. So I'm presuming it's the downhill portions of these things because that's when it's trying to take all this force. Yeah, so the, the thing with downhill running is that, that one, you've got greater flight time, like you tend to be in the air a lot longer. Yeah. And so with that, you, you've actually got you know gravity taking you down. So you're hitting a lot harder on the, on the ground. So there's a lot more, a lot more impact forces for your body to dissipate. The other thing that we find with that too is it's it's um, uh, the action of the, the knee and the quad having to sort of yeah slow yourself down with each and every each and every step there, um, and uh, and then also just the position of the knee too. We tend to land more with a straighter knee when we're, when we're running downhill, whereas when we're uphill we've got a little bit more a little bit more bend there, and, and that can put that uh, that knee under under uh, that ITB under a bit of irritation. Because it's under stretch, or because it's more and it goes under more compression. So we actually find that with the ITB. If you were to straighten your knee and you were to bend it about 20 or 30 degrees, that's its sort of most vulnerable position where we where, oh, we, where it actually starts to compress the fat part underneath there. So if you add that position alongside a lot of force and not a lot of support with things around it, then that's when this uh, this, this ITV and this fat pad can get quite so quite agitated. So why is it 
why is this injury particularly more common amongst new runners? Uh, I think because a lot of them, well, that they uh, often make a lot of training mistakes. Mm -hmm. So they, they do too much too soon. And, you know, mine my, my, my was a classic case of that where I'm like, I need to prepare for this uh, this hillier run. I'm just going to do a heap of up and down run, running on hills. So there was no there was no real plan to you know to that, and that's what I often see anecdotally in in in, uh, in a lot of other patients as well. So there's firstly that, and secondly, they can also lack the strength and conditioning you know that that that, uh, that a more experienced runner has. And we do tend to see ITB appearing more in in your novice runner or people that have resumed running after after a long period of time. It's sort of unusual to see it in. In more experienced runners, rather than being consistently consistently with their you know with their, their mileage, so um, yeah, they've often ramped up too soon. Yeah. Uh, they've done too many hills, and then they just don't have that uh, don't have that strength. And that's all of some of the things that we're another, going to talk about. Another good reason to ensure you have consistency in your training. Absolutely, and, and be yeah. under be under the guidance of of, of a coach because mm -hmm. they're, they're going to make sure that you're not going to be doing these these sort of yeah. things because uh, that's that's the biggest thing, biggest error we see in 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 you know recreational runners is that they just it's too haphazard. They do yeah. too, they do too much to, too much too soon. Um, so, and the other other position as well that can aggravate that there is the is the squatting. So we're now we're going to sort of cover some some tips to to go through and in, in how to manage this. And and uh, you'll see this this abbreviation ITBPS. So I haven't seen it's, no, it's just iliotibial band pain syndrome. That's yeah. sort of what we what we tend to call it. So you can call it ITB compression. I mean, if we're calling it ITB syndrome, that's that's another name for it as well. So there's lots of different terms for that. But we just don't tend to use the word friction anymore. Yeah. Um, and saying to someone you've got ITB. Uh, well, that's of course everyone's got an ITB. That's the, that's the anatomy. It's like saying you've got a knee. So yeah. we just sort of tack the tack the, uh, the pain on the end of there. So there's a bit of uh, semantics on the on the name there. But as we just touched on before, so you know, firstly with dealing with these is is getting your loading, getting your loading right, getting your, getting your training. Um, you know, we can see see on the image here. This is our, our typical ups and downs of a, of a recreational runner or someone that's not really under any sort of guidance or, or coaching, uh, and they're just they're just all over the shop. They they'll run four times one week and then one the next, and just that, that up and up and down there. Whereas we can see the image on the right side. That's what we like to see. So that that gradual up and up and uh, and, 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 uh, and also with the cutbacks as well. Yeah, allowing the body to absorb the training. Exactly right. What we call that. So that de that deload week. So yeah. Um, yeah yeah, that's, that's a, a sort of an important part of it as well too. So it's not just an exponential yeah. increase, um, but um, but yeah, the, you know, whether it's a three up one down or four up one down, um, it uh, depends on the on the person. But um, but yeah, that's that's one thing is you really want to make sure that you get to your uh, get your, your loading right um, and uh, and that you aren't um, yeah aren't doing this this up and down up and down pattern that we're seeing there on the left side. So if we go through some of the uh, some of the rehab, so firstly, you know, like we mentioned before in in our previous talks, but Rehab should really be targeted to the individual, so that's where the advantage of, of you know of doing a, a an assessment and seeing well what are you deficient in you know mm -hmm. is it is it do you have deficiency in your calf strength is it quads is it rounds through the hips there is it you know all these sort of things and then that allows you to then say yeah this is what you go and need to work on so we're going to talk about some exercises that you may use but depending on what you're deficient in well then you you will select what you are what you yeah. need to to do there. Um, and then obviously we select the exercises according to the pain tolerance because some of these some of these movements can initially be sore for, for some with ITB and, and other other people it's like no it's fine I can I can do you know I can squat I can lunge without any, any issues there. So the first thing we should talk about is is um, for, for ITB um, issues is strength around the outside of the hip. So we mentioned before that the ITB you know runs along the outside of the outside of the thigh there. 
but you've got the muscles that, that attach up onto the, the, the top of it. And so if we can strengthen those, those muscles around that, uh, around that hip, then that, that gives that certainly a lot more, a lot more support. Uh, and we don't have to rely so much on the, on the tendon component of it when the muscles, muscles there can do the, uh, can do the job. So we often see in those with ITB, they, they ITB uh, pain, they have a weakness in those, those muscles on the outside of the hip. Uh, and also on the what was called the external rotators of the, of the hip there as well. Uh, and a good test for people to do at home, you know, to test the strength in the outside of the hip is actually do a side plank. Right? Get in a side oh, plank okay. position and try and hold that for 45 seconds. Okay. Uh, and so we should be able to hold without that. Without the hips dropping down. Yep, without the hips dropping down. So we should be able to hold that for 45 seconds and mm -hmm. on side to side. And we shouldn't have more than a 10% difference from side to side as well. So we want to see, you know, there's not too much of an, an asymmetry there yeah. from left to uh, left to right. So that's the first area that we want to, we want to strengthen there. Some of the things that we can we can now work on to, to, to work that um, are the you know a side plank. So the actual the exercise yeah. is the or the test is the exercise. Yeah. Um, we can do things like um, sumo monster crab walks as well too. Um, and uh, and then you know clams is another one. I don't tend to use that one as, as much, but I, I tend to use more the banded walks and the and the, the side planks, which have shown to be uh, a greater activation in those in those muscles there. Um, as we mentioned mentioned earlier, you know we, we want to address any issues right throughout the, the whole body. Really, if, if they're showing weakness there, because if someone's you know, deficient in calf strength. Well, then they're going to be putting more pressure on their ITB to absorb that, that impact shock. So we want to make sure that we're addressing all those areas in our rehab um, in, the, in when we're dealing with these, these problems and not just sort of you know getting too yes. focused on the on the area there itself, but but like, you know, thinking of the person as a whole. And what's she doing in this second picture? Is it skaters? Yeah, so so we, we mentioned there, so we, we sort of work up towards, you know, these these exercises are, you know, heading up to our, our plyometrics, which obviously we're a fan of. But if, before we get to that point, we can do things like work through things like deadlifts and single leg deadlifts, which are a bit more hip focused. And yeah. so get some work through there, but don't involve too much bend in the knee yeah. um, because for really agitated ones, like I can't even bend it at all, you know, to that 20 or 30 degrees. Yeah. So we can go with things like stiff leg deadlifts and, and, uh, um, and working around that, uh, working, building up that that, uh, that hip strength. Then we can go on to squats and squats and lunges, um, and you know, progressing depth. So initially, for someone that's that's you know quite agitated, they might just um, just do it very shallow. So they might just do a shallow shallow lunge and shallow squat to begin with there. Uh, then progressing to a step down. So step down is quite a challenging one. So that's where you you know standing on a step there and then lowering down to uh, to touch the uh, touch the ground. So that's quite a and, quite and a, with or without weight for these. Um, so again, so you, you start you know you can start see what the tolerance is to the body weight, but as soon as possible try and shift the shift the weights. You know I like to again trying to keep our rep range initially around that eight to ten rep range. So if yeah. they're able to do body weight and feeling pretty easy. Then start to put some put some weight on for uh, for that. Um, so we've got the step downs there, and then we go on to our plyometrics. So then we go on to things like starting with some jumping. So that might be some pogo jumps. It might be some counter movement jumps, some box jumps, or step jumps there, uh, and then going on to, to hopping on the spot. Uh, and then that's um, this this the image that's on the slide there is a, a lateral skater jump, where you sort of they're jumping from 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 side to side there, and that sort of gets this real. I guess a, a shearing happening around and putting a lot of a uh, lot of pressure in through the outside of that yeah, so that right knee. Um, so that's more that's certainly an advanced one and more a latter stage exercise mm -hmm. that we'll, we'll tend to uh, tend to use for those with uh, with ITB issues. So there's sort of some of the uh, the, the um, exercise options that, that we can use. But yeah, firstly building up that that hip strength. Uh, to give the, the ITB some support, and then secondly, addressing any of those other issues that are, that are around there. 
Cross training. So we've got a few options for, for cross training. So in, in those that have got this and, and that are just too sore to even to even run, um, there's a, a few things we can do. Walk um, and walking with sort of shorter steps. So shorter okay. steps instead of striding out. Yeah. Just keep the steps nice and short. And, and again, that sort of saves the knee from going through that that um, um, that compression position between that 20 and 30 degrees. So um, walking shorter steps. Swimming also one as well. So it tends to be sort of with the, with the kicking there, I tend to go with either freestyle or backstroke versus breaststroke. That yes. can sort of be a bit, a bit aggravating on it. Um, so it swimming. Too hard. Yeah, exactly right. That's it. Um, and then uh, bike or rowing. Now, bike or rowing, again, we've got to be, we've got to be care, mm. careful with this because, as we mentioned early on, it is something that we do see in, in cyclists. Um, and it also is something that can be seen in, in rowers because of that, that knee bend, you know, mm-hmm. going, going back and forth. So just got to make sure that it's, that's not aggravating their, their, um, their, their ITB pain, um, but that's also an option too. Fortunately with these, you don't often need too long off running. Um, and, and sometimes, you know, like we've spoken about before, can continue to run. And that's what we're going to talk about, talk about now is pain-free, you know, pain-free running. And uh, we've touched on this in, in, our, in our previous uh, talks as well. You know, is it okay to have pain? And yes, like this, like other conditions, it's okay to have some pain when, you, when you're running, um, but it must stay at around that, 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 you know, that four or five out of 10. Um, we mentioned before that, you know, we, this has got this, the nature of this problem has got to, tends to build up and, and get to a really high point. So what I'll say to the runners here is if it does start to build up, stop as soon as it gets to that, that five, because otherwise what's going to happen there is it's just continually agitating that, that back pad and that, that tendon down there and it just takes longer to settle down. So, yeah. so I don't, definitely do not try and push through, you know, high levels of pain, pain with this. Make sure we keep it around that, uh, that, that four, four or five. So some sort of pain is okay. Um, with it, the, the run, so we obviously want to avoid the, um, you know, to keep it flat as, as much yeah. as possible. Um, if there are some hills on the, the track that you run around or you live in a particularly air, hilly area and you can't get around it, what I'd say is run up, walk down. Mm-hmm. So, so just have to sort of take a bit of a, a, bit of a run-walk strategy there. Which is, which is uh, the opposite to what I'm I know, <laughs> it's exactly right. So it's a good time to sort of work some strength on the, mm-hmm. on, on the hills there. But, um, but that can often be, um, be um, better tolerated there. Yeah. And the other thing too is we want to avoid, avoid surfaces where there's a, there's a high camber. And what a camber means is like the, the, you know, the, lean, the lean on the surface there. So if we look at a, at a road, it's often sort of shaped and cambered like this yeah. um, to, you know, for drainage. And yeah. so we just want to make sure that we're not all the time running on a, on a particular camber there. And that's, I've, I've seen some of these that have been triggered by that that are well, running. For me, done. that's what it was because I wasn't running hills back then. Mm. Was, I was running on the road a lot, so it was the camber. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. constantly running. And so if that is your, you know, if, if you are one of those runners that is running on the road, try and switch, switch directions. Mm. So cross from one side to the, one side of the road to the other. So you're running head on or, or yeah. running on, uh, running with the traffic. Um, but try and mix it up as, as much as, as much as possible there. So we do want to avoid trying to run on a flatter surface and um, with it with a less less camber. Um, volume or speed. So what we want to do is that we know that, that ITB issues are, are more related to building volume and, and increasing volume too quickly. Speed work can can actually be introduced uh, a bit earlier for, for some of these. So that they can some can, can actually tolerate a bit more a bit more speed work early versus trying to build their volume up. Um, so Again, this can be an individual difference, but from the research, it's found that sudden changes in volume are more likely to trigger an ITV uh, issue versus uh, versus changes in sudden changes in speed. So that's one that you, you can use. It potentially can introduce some speed work early on with uh, with these. 
Um, treadmill running. So another another useful tip as well is that um, that actually running on the treadmill with an incline. So you know, an incline even yeah. though it can be brought on by hills. Yeah, yeah. But so it's more. Remember, it's more the downhill that's yeah, the issue there. So and, and where we've spoke about before of walking the downhill, well, this yeah, is another option that we've got. Exactly yeah. right. So we can can pop the treadmill up on a, on a bit of an incline, yeah. uh, and that can allow people to uh, to sometimes run uh, pain free um, with with these. Oh, wow. And even even if they're painful, they're running their pain on the flat. Uh, increasing on the incline, some are like, no, this feels good. I don't have any issues there. So that, that can be a way to uh, to keep them going. For, the only know, problem is you have to run on the treadmill. You do. That's right. <laughs> and we all hate that. Well, yes. I hate that. But uh, yeah. um, so you know, we see the one in the background there. But but yeah, uh, yeah no, I'm not uh, I'm not, not a fan of not a fan of treadmills. But you know, there's people out there that love it, and that's what they do. Yeah. So and, and look, if it allows you to go for a run and get yep. some kilometers in, then you know exactly. Especially if you're preparing for an event. Awesome thing. That's that's exactly right. Yeah. It does allow you allow you allows you to, to keep going, keep up your fitness, and, yeah. and you know potentially work on some other things. You know, working on you know calf strength is, is good for for that time, that that incline there. So and, and just sort of just when you're talking about the swimming, what about pool running? Yeah, that's a, that's another option. Although what we've got to be careful of, even because even in pool running, mm, even yeah, you don't have the you don't have the impact with pool running. Um, mm. so that's that's a good thing. But some find though with that with that that knee bending back and forth, exactly right. It can still still sort of compress against that and, and irritate yeah. that that back pain. So yes, water running is an option. It's one that I don't tend to use as much. I think yeah, that's another one up there with treadmill running in terms yeah. of how much people people I think like I'd it. Run on the treadmill. Yeah, yeah. I think I, that's my experience yeah. too. So, um, but uh, but that is that you're right. That, that, that is a potential option. It could be yeah. it could be used. Um, we're going to talk about a little bit about running technique as well. So speaking about running there now, um, running is what, what I've found is that, that running uh, retraining, so gait retraining or changing someone's running technique can can actually decrease their um, their pain immediately. So on the spot, so we have the running, make some changes, uh, and the pain can can decrease straight away. That's not for everyone, but there's certainly times when that's when that's happened. Um, and there's lots of different ways, lots of different things that can um, can be changed with uh, with running technique. Um, but and it's important to consider when you change anything how that's going to then impact mm -hmm. other structures. So you you don't just you know change something and force just disappears. You're moving force from one place to another. So you've got to so, always so consider. So let me know, like you hear that it's um, maybe this is a complete running myth, but um, your body knows its best way to run. You shouldn't retrain your gait. Yep. These are some of the things I hear um, that, yeah, your body knows how it should run and, and doing miles teaches your body the best way to run. Yeah. What do you have to say about that in regards to running retraining? So I think we, we've got we've got our own ways of, of running um, and uh, we've got a way of running. And um, but that's, and what I'll say about running technique is that there's no, there's no single best way to run, no. but there, there can be better ways. Now, I'm not for I'm not so much for altering running technique in people that don't have any have any issues, but certainly when people have got problems, running changing their running technique can actually help them to to yeah. to get over those things. And because, for instance, if you've got um, you know if you're suffering sort of repetitive knee issues uh, and you've got a particular way of running it just so happens that your style of running does put more load on that knee yeah. well then we can create changes to that to shift that load away from the knee you know to make the calves and, and feet work a little bit harder it allows you to then stop having this recurrent cycle of, of, of knee issues now that then takes you know it, it takes time to to adopt that new uh, running technique 
but then that becomes your, your running new, technique. New that, that actually, yeah, that, that becomes your new normal. Yeah. Um, and um, and so, yes, you can, you absolutely can change running technique. People do it all the time. Yeah. Um, and uh, you can see running technique change a bit also as, as people do get um, do get better. So yeah. how they start off as a, as a beginner and then as they go through over the years, that, that can change as they develop strength in, in, in you know in different areas and they're able to yeah. you know propel themselves a lot better then then you will see changes over, over time there but but you don't you don't always need to change running technique but you definitely you definitely can you definitely yeah. can change technique so um, yeah. but some of the things that we look for with with running technique and, and ITB issues are uh, a pelvic drop so what we're seeing if we're looking from someone from behind it's the it's the, oh, the, the yeah. hips dropping from from behind there um, what we tend to see also associated with that is then the leg coming inwards uh, and uh, so as, the, as the, the hip drops then we see that the legs oh, okay. going they're almost like the the knees will we get that knock knee knock yeah, knee appearance yeah. so it's almost sort of you know like like this year the knees will almost rub against each other um, and then also we tend to see a narrow step width so that these these runners can sometimes be like running one foot in front of the other or sometimes even crossing over the other way oh. and so we actually want to see a little bit so of you're, we're not talking about you're not talking about the length of the step no we're talking about the width of the feet apart exactly right so if you I've were never even thought of that. yeah so if you were to, you know you, you were to to run in, in sand for instance you'd look at the distance yeah. between where your left and your, and your right foot that's uh, that that gap there and uh we like uh, really it's only very small that we want to see around there a couple yeah. of centimeters anyway um, but if, when we're seeing people run one foot in front of the other, almost like they're walking, running down the line or, or walking yeah. on a tightrope, uh, that and um, and sometimes even crossing right over the other way, wow. then that is putting a lot of force on through um, through to the, the the outside of that knee and, and putting more compression on that uh, that ITB. So so that's one there. So uh, you know a good cutie that you can use for there if you're running down a you know like a, a bike path and there's a line down the middle there, you sort of want to have um, you know if you run along that line. Your feet sort of are going to be touching um, one. The left foot's going to be touching the left side. The right foot's going to be touching the right side there. So it's just a couple of centimeters in, in, in between. Make sure you watch out. If you're looking down the line, make sure you watch yeah. ongoing traffic and make sure the cyclist right. is not coming at you. But but that is that is uh, one cue that we can use. And it's only very small separation. So um, you know when we're when we're creating changes in this and and, and cueing that um that, that increased step width, it's very very minor. So because if you if you try and run wide apart, it's just yeah, a really weird yeah, feeling. Yeah. So it's only just a very small difference, but it makes a big uh, big change in terms of our terms of impact forces. So there's some of the main main things technique wise that yeah. you want to change. Yes, I was going to ask about yes. this stretch. I so, was told when I first started running, yeah. these stretch for runners. Exactly. So what we know with the, the ITB and, and those that have ITB pain is that there's no increased tightness in, in through the uh, in through the ITB. So that doesn't that doesn't change at all. And even with tightness through the outside of the hip there, uh, again, they don't always have that either. So we don't need to um, with stretching. You don't. You certainly don't need to stretch the ITB. That's not a reason why you get the the ITB pain syndrome. This this is still being taught or you know yeah. seeing you know runners world that sort of stuff that they're, they're still yeah. showing you know how to stretch your itv you don't need to worry about that you can uh, generally most people need small strength in through the outside of the hip and the often reason they feel tight through there is that because they're actually lacking the strength and so it's the body's way of complaining that hey we're really not happy with what you're making us do here you know we need some more strength in there give it a bit more support yeah. and then you'll find that the need to stretch it will, that will then go away so we don't need to we can scrap we can scrap stretching 
The other thing yeah. we can track too is uh, is is the, the foam rolling through the ITB. And this is one, I always love having reasons not to foam roll. That's, that's it. You say, well, no, foam rolling is good for, oh. for, for other areas and, and, and it can be useful useful for others, but just not through the ITB. You yeah. don't need to be rolling the outside of the thigh there. Yes, we can definitely get into the quad, and I will you know advise people to get in where that yeah. where the quad joins into the outside there, or also the hamstring joins in the ITB, but rolling directly down the, the side outside of your, your thigh there. Is not such a good diagnosis. And, and I'm assuming you mean the same with just general massage when when some therapists yeah. say I'll massage the yeah. ITV stretching out. That's that's right. No, we don't we don't need to be do, don't need yeah. to be doing that. It's it's a, it hurts yeah. like hell. But yes. uh, and anyone that's had it done and, and I used to do it on myself, you know, years years ago, yeah. you know, get the elbow and you know, scraping it up the uh, the ITV there and you know the, the uh, patient was screwing around on the, on the table. I, I've now since learned that we don't need to be doing that. So yeah. save, save the, uh, the patient's torture, that's right. So, yeah. but you can do certainly in terms of, you know, soft tissue work and, and massage work around the hip there. So yeah, that, that can- spike ball in the hip. Yeah, spike ball in the hip can, can work quite well. So as an alternative for that, so yes, we don't need to be rolling through the outside of the, the thigh there, yeah. but getting around through the hip there, that can be that can be a benefit to, you know, just give a bit of relief to those, the, the, um, the, 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 those contractile muscles up in, in through there. Um, but um, but save yourself the pain of, of rolling through the uh, through the thigh. So that pretty much covers that. That, that covers the ITV there. So you know the main main keys that we've got there are get your get your loading right. So making sure that you uh, you know you're not doing too much too soon, um, and watching those uh, watching those heels. We've got the, the strengthening there. So you know particular focus on those muscles on the outside of the outside of the hip there, plus anything else that might be might be going on in through the uh, through the rest of the body. Uh, then we've got our, our tips for running. So, you know, things like uh, running on the treadmill there, um, running uphill, but walking downhill, um, making sure that we're running on a, on a flatter surface without uh, without camber. Uh, and then we've got then, you know, you don't need to so much get into so much the foam rolling and stretching in the ITB. That can be focused more around through the, uh, through the outside of the, the hip. But that's... Uh, I'm, I'm seeing a common theme with most of these injuries. It's... Um to avoid it, consistent training and um, and strength work. Yeah, yeah, it, it is, and I think that's that's sort of you know two of the areas that that runners fall back on, and mm -hmm. and you know potentially reasons why uh, running injuries are so high, uh, yeah, yeah. you know, up to up to fifty percent or, or or above, yeah. um, is because those two things are often done quite uh, quite poorly, you know. Yeah. So having a coach, someone to to guide you through through that, yeah. uh, and then also you know making sure that yeah you are doing it, you are doing your strength. Yep. So if someone came into you with ITB, what would you do specifically to help them? So what we do is we'd certainly, you know, have a discussion about what, what they are doing training-wise, you know, their, their injury history, uh, and uh, and then also other things too that can contribute to, you know, to injury like their recovery, what's their sleep like, yes. all, all those sort of things as well, their stress. Um, that, that, that's all uh, really important to, to get a snapshot for any for any injury or any, any person for that matter. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and then what we then do is do a, a thorough assessment to look at what are your Strengths, you know, what are your mobility? What's your mobility like? What's your strength like? And we've obviously got our our state of the art um, uh, access system here, which we can run people through to actually give numbers and say, yeah. look, you're at this level. We need you to be here. Uh, and then we pull all that information together and then work out, all right, this is what we need to do. We need to get you, you know, in terms of running or getting a coach. Uh, we need to get you doing this strength and conditioning. We need to be doing these hand, this hands-on work here to help things settle down. So whether that's by mobilizations or soft tissue or manipulation there to, to get things get things moving. Um, but really, yeah, making a, making a comprehensive plan to uh, to to ensure that you get back to uh, back to what you uh, what you love to do. Excellent. Well, that sounds like a good plan. And as we always say, it's best to get it 
uh, properly diagnosed so you're not just you know doing whatever trying to fix um I, I was talking with someone at the gym today and they were saying they had ITP and they first started running too mm. and he thought it was his knee something wrong with his knee so people you know specifically the knee people can get you know misread what's going on mm. and sometimes it's best just to get it properly diagnosed absolutely right i mean getting it getting it an accurate and an early diagnosis certainly gets you on the the path to recovery yeah. a lot faster gets you back to doing what you what you want to do and yeah. uh and uh, back out the running track and that's where we all want to be exactly all right well thank <laughs> you so much luke for helping us as runners to stay strong and healthy and running we really appreciate it thanks Israel. thanks again thank you all thanks bye bye I do hope this informative episode has helped you if you are feeling ITB pain. Of course, as I always say, this podcast does not substitute for medical advice. So please see your specialist if you are feeling pain anywhere, ITB or otherwise. It is always best to get something officially diagnosed so you know exactly what you are dealing with, so you know exactly how to make sure you get better. Have a great week of training and racing if you're lucky enough.